Welcome back to the Sharing Hope Podcast, where we feature practical insights and spiritual principles to help you experience an abundant life at home and at work. It's Daniel Rundleman's goal to share hope and inspire action as you listen. You can also discover more insights online at www.thehope.network. Here's Daniel with a few ideas that will surely encourage and educate. Hello, friends. Don't you just love wearing a face mask? (laughs) I don't think anyone can answer that question honestly with a yes. Now, that's become part of life with the COVID-19 bug that we just seem to have to wear a face mask. And then we're told we don't have to wear a face mask. And then we're told we have to wear a face mask. And, you know, it's just one of those things we're having to deal with in our crazy world today. One of the things I do like about wearing a face mask, though, is that you can purchase obscene amounts of junk food and no one can know that it's you. One of the things I don't like about wearing a face mask is I burp sometimes in my own face mask. I think when someone creates a minty fresh face mask, they're going to make gazillion, gazillion dollars. The truth is we all wear face masks, whether we want to do it for health reasons or whether we want to do it because we're told to or not, we wear one differently. Maybe you're like Darth Vader and you wear one, you breathe really heavy, or maybe you like to dress up like a princess, or or, uh, maybe you know some people in your life that are like clowns and they kind of act like a face mask that's there. Sometimes people wear a mask to be happy uh, when they're really sad or Maybe on Sunday, they act religious, they wear a mask, and then they act like the devil during the rest of the week. Speaking of the devil, during Halloween, of course, the devil is a great costume. Uh, You get to wear masks and go trick-or-treating. There's a story of this man that was kind of a town drunk. He would drink all the time, and his wife decided that she was going to scare him out of drinking. She was going to do everything she could to stop him. From drinking, and so she decided to dress up like the devil, go to a bar, and scare her husband. Her husband's there drinking and drinking away. He's already drunk. She's dressed up as the devil. Now, not the sexy devil, but like the scary devil with the real uh, nasty teeth and uh, big red horns. And she comes up behind him, grabs him, and says, Boo! And of course, he turns around and says, Who are you? The devil? And she says, yes, yes, come home with me. You need to go home. The man looks at the woman behind the mask and says, I'm not going home with you. I know how mean you can be because I married your sister. (laughs) Now, that mask didn't have the desired effect. And normally, when we wear masks, they don't have the desired effect either. Abraham Lincoln said, you can fool all the people some of the time. Some of the people all of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all of the time. There's actually a story about wearing masks in the Gospels. It's something that happened to Jesus that I think you'll find interesting. Now, you don't have to be a Christian to find inspiration from the Gospels. You don't have to believe the Bible is inspired, actually, to do that either. We can find some great life application here to take the masks off. In the book of John, which is basically writings from a guy named John, um, in chapter 8, we read about the story. This group of religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, they brought a woman 
to Jesus. The woman had been caught in the act of adultery. They made her stand in the center. They surrounded her and they said, teacher, this woman was caught committing adultery. And in the law of Moses, we're commanded to stone her. So, Rabbi Jesus, what do you think we should do? Now, they said this to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. So Jesus stooped down into the dirt, started writing on the ground with his finger. The people persisted in questioning him, and uh, Jesus again stooped down and was writing. Then he stood up and he said, huh, well, the one without sin can cast the first stone at her. Jesus then stooped down and started writing again on the ground. When the people heard this, they left one by one. They dropped their rocks, starting with the older men. Only Jesus was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? No one, she said. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Now go and sin no more. You've probably heard this story before. Or you've heard a phrase like, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. An amazing story and amazing wisdom when Jesus says, if you've got no sin in your life, then you can condemn her. You can throw that rock. Wow. What Jesus is doing here is he's actually taking off the masks in this situation. He's peeling the mask away. Now, there's two masks happening here, two people caught that Jesus speaks to that are wearing masks. And I want you to think about this for the next few minutes. There's two groups of people that are wearing masks that Jesus says, wait a minute, we need to talk about this. Let's peel that mask away. Kind of at the end of a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> you know, the end when when uh, the, the bad guys got the, uh, the mask on and at the end they take the mask off and they're like, oh, old man Smithers. And he was the one that would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those uh, group of kids, right? Jesus takes off the mask here. And the first group he speaks to are the teachers, the religious ones, the Pharisees, the religious leaders. You see, they knew the law of God. They, they, they knew what was expected. They knew how to treat people. They knew how other people should treat people. And they had it memorized. Uh, the Pharisees thought they were doing things right, but they were kind of hiding behind a mask like Darth Vader. You know, Darth was hiding behind that mask throughout the Star Wars movies, breathing real heavy. Luke, I am your father. That was him. Very evil, bad dude, the worst guy in the universe. Well, this religious group, they weren't good. And Jesus takes the mask off. He caught them in the act. He took their mask off first. He was trying to trap and trick Jesus. You see, it was actually against the law in Rome at that time for anyone to be stoned. Jesus knew that. And if he would have said, yeah, stone her, he would have been telling people to violate a civil law and cause a lot of people to go to jail and a lot of problems. Even sincere religious people might try to trap you in your own faith. Or maybe it's people who are questioning faith or atheists or friends that are really sincere in not knowing what you believe with questions like, what if, dot, 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 or how about, dot, dot, dot. 
People were trying to get Jesus by their misapplication of the Bible. And what often happens is people don't understand the scriptures. They think they do. Maybe they've read through the scriptures one time. Maybe they've gone to church a bunch of times, but they misapply, they misunderstand the scriptures, and they have a mask on. They act one way, and yet they know that the Bible says something different, or they know that they should act a different way, but they misapply. The letter of the law is misapplied. The people actually had it wrong. The religious leaders had it wrong, and they were pushing their way. Let's look and see exactly what the law of Moses says. It's interesting because in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, this is the passage that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were quoting to Jesus that they knew. It's interesting to see exactly what it says. It says, if any man commits adultery with a married woman, if he commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. Did you hear that? Both of the people involved must be punished for their sins. Now, back during this day, might equaled right, and the way that the society was set up was through religious leaders in the nation of Israel. They had their own court system. They had their own judge system. And the law was, if you were committing adultery, then you could face the death penalty. Agree with it or not, that's the way that the law was set up. And here's what's interesting about that. Both the male and the female were to be killed. In Deuteronomy, it says the same thing. If a man is discovered having sexual relations with another man's wife, both the man who had sex and the woman must die and therefore purge this evil. This is amazing because the religious people knew it, and yet they were only bringing the woman to Jesus. Perhaps they were trying to trick him to see if he actually knew the scriptures or was going to go along with their religious ideas. In Deuteronomy 17, we learn a little more about this because here it says, The one who is condemned to die is to be executed on the testimony of two or three witnesses. No one is to be executed on the testimony of one witness. And the witnesses' hands are to be the first in putting him to death. After that, the hands of all the people can purge the evil. Even in the Old Testament times, there was due process. The man was to be killed, and there must be witnesses involved, and the first witness had to cast the first stone or blow or be a part of this death penalty sentence. You and I might look at the Old Testament law and think that it's way too strict to apply today or not, not understand it. That's not the point here. The point is understanding and realizing that with this group, the man and the woman should have been brought to Jesus, and there had to be due process, and the witnesses were the people to actually perform the death penalty. Historically, death penalty in the nation of Israel happened very few times during a century, that very few times where people actually killed based off the death penalty in the scripture because it didn't apply, and oftentimes the witnesses weren't willing to come forward. So what did Jesus do? Jesus ripped the mask off of the religious people because they were misapplying the scriptures, they were misunderstanding the scriptures, and they were trying to take the Bible and make it say what they wanted. 
You probably know people like that in your life. Maybe they are good at heart, but they misapply the scriptures to their own benefit. That is not how life or spirituality should work. The scriptures were written for us, not to us, so that we could live wise lives and have eternal lives. And the woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the act, the religious leaders were caught in the act of hypocrisy. Two people, two groups here, faced with masks on being ripped off. The religious people were acting one way, kind of like an actor wearing a mask. It's interesting that the Hebrew word for mask is shanef, which means to be polluted. It looks like fresh water, but it's bitter. That's what hypocrisy is. That's what wearing a mask does, is you look one way, but you're actually another thing. They pretended to be religious. They pretended to have God's viewpoint on things, but they didn't. So do you? Do you ever pretend to be spiritual? Do you ever pretend something that you're not? I believe there are two types of people in this world. There are people who recognize that they need grace, and there are people who hide their need for grace. These religious leaders were hiders. They were pretenders behind a mask. Do you recognize your need for grace, or do you hide from it? The woman, too, was not innocent. She was that second group of mask wearers. Sin was a reason here. Being selfish was a reason here, and she was caught. Notice that the woman never denied that she was committing adultery. All we hear from her is, well, crickets, silence. And Jesus responds in silence. He responds in writing. This is just unbelievable how Jesus responds in silence to the situation. He bends over, stoops down into the ground, and begins to write. What is he writing that brings such powerful conviction that speaks to the people where they drop their stones and they leave? Well, he could have been writing their names down. He could have been writing their names along with the names of the people that they've had committed adultery with. Maybe he was writing their names with certain sins. Maybe he was writing Bible verses. We don't really know what Jesus was writing, but the people saw it, they read it, and they responded. I think. Whatever it is that Jesus wrote, it convicted the people so much, it had such a powerful impact upon them that they realized the error of their ways and they walked away barefaced. Here's a prophecy of that happening over 1,500 years before it occurred. Before Jesus did this, the prophet Jeremiah talked about it. Jeremiah 17, 13, Oh God, the hope of Israel, all who leave your ways shall be put to shame publicly embarrassed. Those who turn aside from your ways will have their names written in the dust and blotted out, for they have departed from the God of living water. I really think Jesus was writing some names down in the dust. In fact, Jeremiah talks about this. This verse proclaimed, uh, this verse is proclaimed every year in Jewish temples on Yom Kippur and remembered by the Jewish people that God will write the names in the dust of those who forsake his ways. What was written convicted them. What was written brought about life change. Friends, we have 
the Bible. We have spiritual writings that convict us. In John chapter 8, it says that they were convicted by their own conscience, and they went away one by one. Jesus rips the mask off, and mercy prevails. Here is the spirit of the law. The people dropped their defenses, and they left. Don't forget the most amazing part of the story. Jesus did not condemn her either. He did not want her to die. Now, he had the chance. He had a thousand reasons that he could have said, yes, she deserves the death penalty. He showed mercy, forgiveness, grace. And then he gave the impossible task. He said to her, go and sin no more. Have you ever wondered why Jesus would give someone an impossible task and say, go and sin no more? It's like telling a smoker not to smoke anymore. Well, he said, hey, don't do this anymore. Well, all things are possible with God. He didn't condemn her. He gave her hope. He gave her direction. He said, go, leave this experience. Change your life. The woman was to be a life giver. She had been cheated of her life. Adultery had happened. She had cheated herself. Perhaps she looked whole and beautiful on the outside, but inside was like a rotting corpse. The Psalms say that God desires truth from the inward parts. She was caught in the act, and Jesus took the mask off. You and I are caught in the act of our own selfish ways many times, and we need to admit that we need him. So, in this story, where are you? Who are you? What mask are you wearing? Are you more like the religious people, or maybe are you more like the woman caught in adultery? that you know you have some errors and some areas in your life that you need to adjust. Perhaps you're like the woman caught in the act of a lifestyle that's not pleasing. You know to do better. You want to do better. And maybe you're like a hypocrite. Maybe you're like the religious who wear that religious mask of like a hypocrite, judging others by not doing spiritual things your way judging others because they don't keep the Bible like you do. Jesus' answer was the same. Go and sin no more. Take off the mask. Jesus demanded the impossible. Later he said to be perfect as I am perfect. Wow. Don't be a hypocrite, he says. Don't have open sin in your life. Stop sinning. Stop doing bad things before something worse happens. Trust and rely upon the Lord for your righteousness. Abide in him. We'll end with an idea from 1 John chapter 3. It says, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's Spirit abides in him, and he cannot keep sinning because he's been born of God. Friend, you and I fall, we fail, we make mistakes. And yet the scriptures just told us that no one really born of God keeps practicing the same sin over and over and over again. We must allow the Spirit of God to change us. You know, there are some times that I've done some electrical work. I've taken some wires out. I've rewired some things. I've changed plugs. But I am not an electrician. An electrician is someone who does that every day. They do the same thing every day. They do electrical work. 
They're a master at it. They're a pro at it. They could be asked for advice on it. They've gone to school about it. That electrician does that work every day. You might have some sins in your life, some things that you do that you don't want to keep doing. You know you shouldn't be doing. Maybe some habits that you'd like to break. That doesn't mean that you're a sinner. A sinner is someone who doesn't recognize those things and they keep doing the same things every single day or all the opportunities that they can. If you've been born of God, you're not a sinner. You're God's child. You're his chosen. You're his favored. You are like this woman. And Jesus says, I do not condemn you. Whether you've been wearing that religious mask or maybe that sinful mask, the mask can come off. What needs to stop? Our hope question is to consider what mask in your life needs to come off. Do you recognize the need for grace or do you hide your need for grace? Thanks again for listening. It's our desire to bring hope and inspire action so you lead a lifestyle that matters. Thanks for listening to the Sharing Hope Podcast with Daniel Rendleman. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram and at our website at thehope.network. On that site, you'll find articles and inspiration to help you lead a meaningful lifestyle at home or at work. That's www.thehope.network.